What's poppin' people? Welcome back to Say Less with Kaz and Low Key. My name is Kaz. Yo, what up? This is Low Key from New Jersey, Howard University graduate, Apple Music hits, host, hip-hop, R&B, throwback, everyday, 8 to 10. And of course, I'm here to Say Less with Kaz, my brother. You already know. The Man Cave Edition. I, I, did, I didn't want to left hand you. That's fine. <laughs> That's why I kind of left you hanging. We're, we're, now, we're at home. We're at home now. We're we're at, if home. we're in public, it's like, hey, man, don't do that. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't offhand you like yeah, that. That's, that. That's, that's not what brothers do. My hand's do. out there. Just come on. <laughs> Give me something. That's not what brothers do. Right. Um, if you're watching this on YouTube.com slash Kazim, which I implore you guys to do, uh, subscribe, leave comments, rate, all that type of stuff. If you're watching us this podcast on 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 that medium, you notice a little difference today. Uh, usually we're up in a shop. Shout out to Vic, Cliffside Park, Lions Den, the home of Say Less. We usually up in there. Um, and if you've been following the podcast for a while, usually we drop Mondays and Thursdays. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but obviously. I thought we should do something different today. Yeah. We've been kind of debating how we wanted to do this show. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people listen to the show for, for the yucks. A lot of this, a lot of people listen to the show to hear us bullshit about music and mm-hmm. sports and laugh and not take things so seriously because life is serious. Right. Um, I'm, we're broadcasting this episode from my basement <laughs> in my home mm-hmm. um, because I felt like today's an episode that we should really, really focus on taking care of ourselves right? and self-caring. And we're in such a battle right now as humans. We're in such a battle right now as as people, as a country. Mm-hmm. And um, I know there's no way we could fight a battle without being properly prepared for it. Mm. So we're not, we're not going to be in the barbershop today. We're going to be somewhere where I'm most comfortable. And we'll be back next week. But still very raw. I can still feel very, very raw. And, you know, had we recorded Wednesday like we usually do, or Tuesday like we usually do. Would have been off. I would have been off because I saw what everybody saw Monday morning. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you heard the last episode. The last episode, I mean, if you're if you listen to this episode in succession, like I'm hoping a lot of you people are, where, like, the last thing you heard was, was us jubilant and yeah. going crazy and laughing. And people were like, man. It was so dope to end the podcast like that. Like, it felt good. And now you hear us today um, because shit ain't fun. Like, shit ain't sweet out here. Like, if anybody knows, um, I mean, it's not even worth trying to, it's not even worth trying to preface to a lot of people because you should know what's going on out there. It's been... Plastered, plastered uh, all over your screens, everywhere. Plastered all over your phones, jerseys, jerseys, commercials, commercials. Um, Twitter, everywhere. Instagram. Um, you it's, can't escape it. 
you know, it's I don't know. I was just like really reluctant to, you know, even sit in front of this camera and act as if everything is all right and act as if that, you know, my mental battery is on low. Yeah. Um, but, you know, in these times, like conversation, dialogue, uh, self-care, which is pretty much the main mantra of, of this of this episode. Yeah. Is important. And, you know, when you have a tight knit group of friends or acquaintances or coworkers or whatever the case is, you got to have those uncomfortable, sometimes uncomfortable conversations. Mm-hmm. And we know what's going on with Jacob Blake. We know what's going on with that white kid, 17 year old white kid in, in Wisconsin uh, or Kenosha who did what he did. Mm hmm. And you just see the difference in what America represents. You see the difference in how they treat people of color and then white people. Kid killed two people. 17-year-old kid killed two. I only want to say his name. Killed two people as they were protesting. Walks up to the police officers, does this little hand signal. If you watch the video, you saw there was a little hand signal he gave to the cops. They gave him bottles of water. They made sure he was okay. And he went about his day. Jacob Blake breaking up a fight between two black women. Um, walking to his car. Kids in the car. Three kids in the car. Officers with no remorse let off seven shots in his spinal cord. And he is now paralyzed. The waist down. I say all that to say the evidence is in the pudding. The proof is in the pudding of what America looks like and how we respond to certain things and how we respond to uh, adversity when it comes to police officers. And as, as sick as it is, it's become normal. What we're watching on TV, not TV, what we're watching in the news, what we're watching on social media, this has now become normal. And it's a fucking unprecedented feeling to watch someone get killed or shot that many times close range and then continue on with your day because we've seen it so many times we've seen it with george floyd eric garner the list goes on and on we've seen it and i don't really understand how to conceptualize any of this shit i don't not supposed to that's the thing i don't know how to i don't we've we've been conditioned to feel like this is normal we've been conditioned to feel like you know oh well he didn't comply so he deserved it or he had a knife in his car he deserved it or like this is what people are trying to say to justify this these these type of things Mm -hmm. like in what world do you see somebody and then they try to say like he had the charges right gunned down i mean that's that's the point i'm trying to make yeah at some point, I, I, we as 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 people, and I'm not saying like we to separate like black and white. We as just people who breathe air and drink water and eat food, like human beings. We as people have come to a point in our society where we can see wrong. Like, we can see wrong. If I'm a regular dude, if you're a regular dude just walking down the street, I don't know if you people have ever seen somebody get shot before. I don't know if you've ever seen somebody get hit with bullets before mm. and gasp for air and like fight for their life. Like I don't know if you've ever seen that before. 
But if you were just walking down the street and you saw that in front of your face, I guarantee you, well, I would hope that the you majority would, you of would you would able to be like, yo, that's wrong. That's wrong. Like, Point blank, what period. The fuck? I'm not going to sit here and see somebody get shot seven times and be like, oh, got to hear both sides. Or, like, oh, got to know what, what, what happened here. Well, was he reached or was he... That's wrong. And it could be anybody that does that. It could be two niggas that I know got beef. You know what I mean? Any, you see anybody getting shot like that, it's wrong. Yeah, I don't... I don't I and don't. then you go and see it, who's doing it? You see who's constantly doing it. You see who's every day, every week... It's another hashtag. It's For another... like the more that we're speaking up, the more agitated authority figures have gotten. I don't know if that's entirely true. I mean, I don't know if that's entirely true. I, uh, I mean, I... they've always been agitated with people of color, but it's just like it's just it's really it's really odd and really like interesting that with all these issues and all these cops like killing people on camera or having altercations on camera. It's just really mind blowing that it still continues and it gets worse. Like, yeah, we saw George Floyd get choked out, knee, knee in the neck, right? We saw Eric Garner choked out. Now we see seven shots, point blank. Like, it's just it's mind blowing that these cops, like, just to this day, August twenty sixth. 2020 don't have the mind like the mindset of like all right there's something going on in the country where we probably should be a little bit more careful in how we deliver authority but that's the thing they don't that's what i'm saying but but that's my point it's impossible for you to not act like you don't know what the fuck is going on and to show at least a little bit of restraint that's it's just mind-blowing that they still don't have that it just doesn't click or it's not clicking. I don't care if you're in Wisconsin. I don't care if you're in Compton. I don't care if you're in Brooklyn. I don't care if you're in ATO. Bro, like, it's just like you said, like you said in the beginning, like, yo, wrong is fucking wrong. Wrong is fucking wrong. I don't give a fuck who you vote for. Wrong I mean, I give wrong. a fuck who you vote for. I'm not going to mince word there. But, like, I don't give a fuck what your politics are, what you think. Like, yo, human lives, bro. Like, human lives. Like, Nobody, I don't give a fuck what your status is, what your badge number is, who you serve, what God you serve. You have no right to alter or take somebody's life just because some fucking authority figure gives you a, a gun and a badge. That man wasn't supposed to survive. No, that was Jacob, shooting the kill. Jacob was not I've even. Su- I've, even came, I've even brought myself around to think like, you know what? Being, a, uh, being an officer is a tough job. Right. It's a, it's a tough job and I get it. And I've even brought myself to the thought of, well, if you're scared and you need to subdue somebody, even if you if you got a hair trigger and you and you're a pussy and you're just scared, you shoot them in the leg. It's two again. You hit somebody seven times in their fucking back. You're trying to kill them, bro. It's 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 not like he ran to the car. No, and it's not like he had. To my where I see the video, doesn't have anything on him. They said, oh, he had a knife in the car. So if y'all were that scared to pull up and let off seven shots, if y'all were that scared, y'all were right behind him. Y'all could have easily tackled his ass. 
Like, we're, we're not talking like y'all about five feet away and he's getting into a car and y'all are trying to control what he's doing. Cool. Maybe, maybe I'll give you warning shots. Maybe I'll give you that. But y'all was maybe six inches off his ass. <laughs> and then y'all let him open the door, which was, which was, which was probably why y'all shot because y'all wanted to use that as an excuse. Oh, he went into his car. My man. It's his fucking car. My man slowly galloped to his car and y'all stood right behind him. Let him go to his car. When he opens the door, we're going to open fire. Y'all could have y'all cut that shit. Y'all could have cut that shit short and just tackled his ass. But wasn't or hit him that. with a fucking baton. That's something. The That's the thing. That's y'all the had thing. options. We can't, like, here's, here's how we think, right? Like, they had options. We're, we're, we're a podcast where, like, you know, we like to at least consider all sides on things just for comedy sake, for fun sake, for laughter sake. I know I do it. I like to try and at least peel back layers and be like, you know, what's the, what's the, what's the thing people are talking about? So immediately our minds go to like, what did you, what were you really trying to do here? What were you really trying to do here? Like we're almost, we're still, we're even at this point, even as we see how wrong this shit is, we're still trying to give this motherfucker the benefit of the doubt. Like, yo, you could have did this. You could have did that. You could have that. No. That shit's got to stop. I mean, it's still fucked them. Fuck them 1,000%. It's fucked them 1,000. But, but like, that's- as human beings, we're trying to figure out the mindset and the logic of why did you have to unleash seven shots when y'all were right behind him? And y'all could have, like Cass just referenced, y'all could have shot that man in the back of his thigh. He would have went, went down. He would have went down. Handcuffs, boom, that's it. And that's me giving the benefit of the doubt. You shouldn't be shooting motherfuckers anyway. <laughs> Like, you have a taser. That should be your last resort. You shouldn't... This ain't Rambo. Like, you shouldn't be running into neighborhoods that you bro, don't nigga, Like, this ain't Contra. This is not GoldenEye. Like, bro, like, you, y'all... The, the bullseye, like, I... You know, I, I don't... You know, I, I don't want to harp on this too much because I want to get into other stuff, you know, which which happens after yeah. Jacob. Yeah. Um, but it, it's disgusting. And, again, this is a self-care episode, so, you yeah, know... Yeah, we say, say less at home today, man. We like, shouldn't... We shouldn't be... Um, you know, be used to trauma on our phones and watching black men and women get slaughtered in these streets. You know, I would employ a lot of y'all to put your phones down in the morning. Yeah, thirty minutes. You got a girl. Have have a conversation with your girl. If you like to listen to music, play some oldies, work out, um, cook breakfast, do something else. Like we got to stay off our phones because that that Monday morning, I woke up and I saw that video. Fuck, it's, my, it's, fuck my whole day up. It's weaponized. Like our our minds are being weaponized now. Fuck my to whole the day. Point up. where you know it's deliberate. You know it's deliberate. Like I could, I could go my whole life without seeing somebody get shot right in front of my face. But now, now it's so easy. So it's deliberate. So anybody who listens to this video or watches this video, listens to this podcast, I just want you guys to know you got to take care of yourself. Like mm-hmm. that's why this is why we here today. We in my house, we chilling. Yeah. Like it's been a fucking week, bro. It's been a week, bro. I'm, I almost didn't. I almost didn't couldn't do it. it. I didn't want to record. I couldn't. I couldn't I almost record couldn't do it. That's why I was like, when it got delayed again, I'm like, all right, bet. I can't do it. We're today. very human, man. Like, I'm not gonna, you yeah, know, I, I understand, just, I understand how podcasts work. I understand 
you know what I mean? The, consistency, the, the consistency yeah, and yeah. the algorithms and making content sure and that, 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 yeah. that snowball keeps building yeah, each yeah, other yeah, week. And yeah. we're on a good run. No, we are. We we're are. on a very good run. But I'm, understand I'm, that we're, we're human. Yeah. And there's going to be times where he will hit me before we record and be like, bro, I don't got it today. Yeah. There's been times. Yeah, there's been plenty there's been of times, times, but, but, I'm like, but because, yeah, he was like, yeah. I need you. And I was like early and I'm like nervous. I'm like, oh, well, what am I going to talk about? Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but, but it's, I think today is the, is the reverse cycle because I just was in a funky ass mood all day. I was just like out of it. Um, and you know, we came and, you know, I'm in the car, just like my mind is fucking everywhere. And I got, you know, I'm recording shows for Apple and, you know, so that's, you know, that's what that is. And then. You know, just the COVID shit and just like, you know, worrying about it. I have to go to DC next week, so I gotta, you know, get tested and all that shit. So it's just a lot of shit. And then Yo, being black is fucking exhausting, bro. Before I tweeted <laughs> before we started, I was like, is anyone else just tired? Yo, being black is fucking exhausting. I don't think y'all understand, yo. Like, this shit feels it- like this is unnecessarily difficult. Yo, if you ever ran with a weight vest on and tried to swim in it, <laughs> <laughs> like with the face mask on, yeah. <laughs> it's draining, bro. Yeah. Like this shit is fucking draining. Like I swear to God. And for the life of me, yo, for the life of me, if somebody came up to me and was like, yo, I'll, I'll let you take off my black, take off your black skin for a week. You could just take a break. I wouldn't do it. You know the beautiful thing about I still me, wouldn't do it. The beautiful about the beautiful like, thing yo, about here, here, take a take a break, bro. Here, take this off. You know what I mean? We're as appealing as that does sound, I still wouldn't do it. You know the beautiful thing about being black is we don't we don't quit. We weather the storm. We support each other, and we find ways to pick ourselves up. Despite being shot in the back, stabbed in the back, kicked in the back, punched in the back, whipped in the back, we find ways to say, fuck it. And we live in a country that does not love us, but we love it back. Hmm. It's like a fucking broken relationship. That's what being black in America is like. <laughs> it's going an abusive back, relationship. Going back to that nigga or going back to that girl. Every time <laughs> that girl does you fucking wrong and you have the clear evidence it's like, you know, of he, what he get, you should have He get be. mad sometimes. He get mad know? sometimes, but you know, you know how, how he get after he drank. You know, how he, listen, you know he high, so like, like, let no, him be. No. That's how that shit is. If you ever been in a fucked up relationship, that's how I correlate it to being black. Because you, you go right back and that's how we look at America. I swear to God, yo. That's I'm, how we look I'm at not America. Bullshit you. Go right back to it. I'm not gonna bullshit you. I absolutely have got to the point where I'm just like, shit. Maybe we should go back to Africa. And it sucks. It took it. It took it. It took. I swear this to God. For I swear to, go. to God. Like I know this ain't fucking. I don't. Nigga, Ebro been preaching that shit for a minute though. I don't. I'm not gonna hold I, you. I, I hear you. I hear like a lot of our people built this country for free. Right. We own this shit. Like right. we made this shit, you know, from the ground up. But I, I am at that point where I'm like, yo, these, this country don't fucking love us. They don't, bro. They it, it's don't. ridiculous how much we could contribute to this country. But we give so much. Like the NBA, and we'll get into the NBA right now. Yeah. 
the NBA. I can't wait to hear people say y'all are so ungrateful. No, we're not ungrateful, motherfucker. We're dying by the fucking minute. Huh. That's why. Let me tell you something. That's man. why we're talking like this. Let me tell you something, man. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta send an apology to to, to Paul George. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Well, I was gonna wait for that, but yes, I gotta send an apology to you know we get we get we get a lot of laughs off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like we we talk shit, we we crack jokes, but something. Something about the energy in that last game just like really didn't sit right with me, man. Like seeing Doc Rivers post game comments, seeing PG's post game comments, seeing Chris Paul. Despite them winning and pulling out the victory, he was like, yeah. man, fuck all that. Like, didn't even speak about the game. Didn't even speak about what happened. Yeah, he was happy he won. Great. But. There's going to be a segment of people that's going to try and discount or, or, or try and poo-poo on the fact that millionaire athletes are telling you that they feel oppressed. Instead of thinking, wow, these guys are worth millions. <laughs> and they feel they're not immune from this shit. They're not exempt from this shit. It's just, it goes to show the responsibility they're willing to bear in a troubling time because these things are happening consistently. And when you have a person like LeBron James speak out and you have a team like Milwaukee Bucks say, you know, we're, 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 we're canning them, we're, we're, we're straight. And then Chris Paul and, and Russell have the conversation and that game is canceled. And Lakers and the Blazers, that game is canceled. It's, 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 it's refreshing to watch them take the control of the narrative in which America is trying to silence yeah. in their own hands. Yeah. So it's beautiful to see that. What I do wish, what I do wish is that they would postpone or cancel the playoffs because when yesterday they, you know, post, you know, boycotted the games and went on strike or however you want to phrase it, that moment was beautiful to see. And a lot of people are looking for the next course of action. Like, okay, so what happens after this? Because America looks at the NBA as a savior because the bubble came and sports was back and we had conversations and everybody was feeling good. Maybe we got to take that away. Maybe we got to cut that short. Here's my thing. Because of what's going on. I mean, they said, listen, I'm not, you know, don't take my word as, as, as law. No, no, no. This is just my opinion. I do think that they should not resume the playoffs. I, I do think that they should... If they're if they want to stand, stand on something. That that's how I feel. I feel like they they have. Here's my thing. This is the first time in the history of professional sports anything like this has happened. Exactly. Yeah. First time in history. Right. right. They've already they've already made their mark. They've got the world's attention. Um, I want I want to make this quick because we we do have a special guest today as well yeah. on the show. Okay. Um, so I want I want to make sure we get him on. Adding, can you pull up the Zoom and make sure he's he's ready, if, or if they're in the admin room? Um, I don't want to I don't want to skip over this, right? right? These athletes who have the most to lose, right? Especially the WNBA, the most to lose. And they put themselves on the line all the time. We're asking, not we, as me and you, but yeah. people are asking. Well. If you're going to sit out, might as well sit out the whole thing or it's not going to, what's the point? Like, why do, why do, 
why do black people have to continue to lose for y'all to get it? The season came to a stop four years to the day Colin Kaepernick yeah. took a knee. Yeah. This motherfucker Colin Kaepernick became more famous after it. Yeah. We've known him more for what he's done on, off the field than he's ever done on the field. And he did a whole lot on the field. Right. Why do people have to keep losing for y'all to just get it? Because that's the makeup of America. We've been and the makeup's got to fucking change. I understand that, so that's why I don't. I, I think for me, it just makes a louder statement to say "fuck it" because we know how much money goes into that fucking billion dollar industry. We know how much they're relied on for entertainment, for endorsements, for just everything that the NBA brings to America as a whole. And it goes to show that J.R. Smith said this shit the other day on his fucking IG story, and I don't want to get it wrong. Um, I think he was like, if you're not going to listen to he's like, if you can't, something about if you can't see us or you can't listen to us, something in that vein. And that shit hit home. I'm like, yo, bro, they're not listening to us. He's like, you won't listen to us? Fuck it. You can't see us now. Yep. Yep. And I want that energy to continue because yes and no, because after the games, they do speak on everybody. They do speak on the protests. They do speak on Black Lives Matter. They do speak on, you know, Jacob Blake. I do like that when they go straight to the point after the games are over. Mm -hmm. And that's a beautiful thing to see. So it's, it's a tenfold with me. It's like stop, remove all the games and, and stand on that strike and stand on that boycott. But at the same time, after those pregames are done, I want them to continuously speak on Black Lives Matter and the things that are going on and the things that are, you know, the injustices, the social injustices that are being, you know, thrown in our face. But we can have this conversation all day. That, those are just my thoughts about. I just want to give a, a, a big salute to the leaders of the NBA, the LeBrons of the world, Jalen Browns, mm -hmm. Kyrie Irvings, Kevin Durant's, Giannis. George Hill, Fred Van Vliet, Chris Paul, Maya Moore, the entire WNBA. I mean, it's, it's how beautiful is it that I can just say the entire WNBA because they're always unified on this shit. Mm -hmm. And you saw the, sh the shirts that the Washington Mystics had on. They don't never have stuff for nobody. Not at all. They don't have stuff for nobody. They're always ready on the front lines. Like, and that's been the narrative are. of black women. Black women are the are the are the are the, are the soul of this country. They're they right are the conscience of this country. They're right there. If, if our women aren't felt protected and 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 don't and feel like shit is off, you know shit's about to be off. But they're always ready. But they're always ready. I gotta salute the WNBA, man, because they they have never half stepped. Yeah. I gotta shout out Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan got a lot of shit his whole life. What's the one quote you equate Michael Jordan with? Republicans buy sneakers Republicans too. Republicans buy sneakers fucking too. <laughs> and granted, the last dance did give me a different perspective on it, on that quote. Dude was like 20-something years old back then. He knew his role. He, he knew, knew his yeah, role. he knew his role. He knew his position. And that's Michael Jordan. <laughs> you want to talk about powerful black men? He knew that's his, Michael Jordan. Like, he knew his role. That's Michael Jordan, bro. Doesn't make the decision right or wrong, but he just knew his role. No, I'm saying I'm saying that to drive home the point. No, like, I got you. That dude, there is no more beloved, no more 
I don't see color. No more acceptable black man on the planet than Michael Jordan. And he had to know his role. You feel me? Mm-hmm. He had to know his role. That motherfucker is a hero. <laughs> a hero. Mm-hmm. And he had to be like, man, you know, you know, I can't really say how I feel. Republicans buy sneakers too. Shit. You know how it is, but fuck. Man. Uh, yeah, fuck? Yeah, yeah, white yeah. people got me under. Fuck. I'm trying. I'm trying to dribble my way. I'm trying to slam dunk on my way to freedom yeah. for you motherfuckers. Like, you know what's going on here. I think I think it's very interesting that you bring that point up because I think I think LeBron really took that to the next level. To the next level. I think he took that shit and was like, I get it. <sighs> man, I understand that it. Dude, yo. But he was like, nah, I I, I gotta do something. I gotta one eighty that. that. But you know what? You, I got a 180. You that. gotta you gotta respect it. Though. No, I know I get that. No, I respect the fuck out of Michael Jordan's decision. Like that. All right, cool. You don't want to be a face of the NBA. You don't want to be a spokesperson. You don't want to be that guy. Cool. I understand that. You know, your 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 opinion, your life is your life. LeBron took it to the point where was like, yo, listen, we're gonna build schools. Mm-hmm. We're gonna build better situations for voting. We're gonna, t- we're gonna we're gonna all these arenas that you see us playing. We're gonna turn these into voting centers. Voting centers so gonna be motherfuckers. Like you've seen, like you've seen the obscene lines out of these voting centers. Yeah, like purposely trying to get you not to vote. Purposely trying to get you to stay home. And this man says we're gonna turn Dodger Stadium into a voting center. Ain't gonna be no, ain't no, no excuses, no excuses, we're no doing everything, excuses. I'm doing everything I can. I'm using every single one of my resources to really invoke change. And if he does all that and, and it still doesn't work out, he could sleep well at night knowing he did everything he possibly could. And it just about. popped up right here on ESPN. It says, Jared Kushner plans to reach out to LeBron. LeBron, look me in the face right now if you're watching this. Please do not <laughs> go and sit with that man. There is no constructive conversation to have with Jared Kushner. Not with Silver Spoon. That man didn't earn a penny of his money. He didn't earn... Any fucking kudos for that situation? He for to be a senior advisor to his fucking stepfather. It's hilarious. So please, LeBron. It's just look me in the face, bro. Gray beard and all. <laughs> Do not sit with that man. Yo, it's hilarious. Don't Kanye line. out. Please don't 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 go to Kanye route, brother. Stay your ass in the bubble. Keep evoking change. Focus on the schools, even if you're not playing ball. Focus on the voting centers, bro. Focus on Space Jam 2 for all you need to. But do not go to 1600 Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania Ave. Do not. Nah, I think, Please I don't, don't think, my man. Please. I don't think LeBron is that. I think LeBron's a very intelligent person. Please, intelligent my nigga. Oh, God. I don't think he's going to put himself in that position. I ever. hope he doesn't. Oh, I hope um, he doesn't, man. I hope he doesn't. I, I'll put it like this, man. Uh, I hope... That and and you know by the time you know this 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 comes back out or this comes out um or, or by the time we film the next episode the NBA do plan to restart the playoffs yeah. this this weekend but they're at a point where they're not gonna you know I, I see I think we're gonna see a lot of different cha- a lot of changes in regards to what see a lot of changes I think we're gonna I don't I, all these performative slogans and actions and you know, feel good moments mm-hmm. to try and make us feel better about what the hell is going on out here. 
I think the pressure is really going to be put on these owners. And that's why I wanted to shout out Michael Jordan, an NBA owner, the only black NBA owner, you know what I mean, for being in the trenches with those other 29 other NBA owners that can really evoke change. Mm -hmm. The people that can really, you know, put the pressure on legislators, politicians. Policies. Policies. These are the real people because money talks. Those people that you vote in are only voted in because they have to serve you, the people, and you, the people who have the money, they don't, they don't, they only serve those folks. Mm -hmm. They only serve, like, those, those people, when you always hear about people donating millions of dollars, oh, we saw such and such coach donate a couple hundred thousand dollars to something campaign, and this campaign, like, you think they're sitting there serving you, the actual American people? No. They're serving those people that are donating money to these campaigns. Those are the guys they need to impress. And we got a guy by the name of Michael Jordan who we've known our entire life. And we know that, I mean, obviously, I'm not going to put all of my hopes and dreams and, of, of black liberation into this into one person. I don't think it's going to take one person to make any of this happen. Mm-hmm. What I do believe is we got to give ourselves a fighting chance. We need... We need fighters in every walk of life. You're going to have some uncomfortable allies in this because the goal should be clear. The goal should be clear this November. And even after November, especially after November, we cannot let up. We cannot let up. If happy-go-lucky things happen and Trumpito is voted out of the White House, it don't matter who's in that office. We cannot let up. We're going to drag your ass out of there, Cheeto. <laughs> Tell you that much. We dragging your ass out of there, Cheeto. And then we got, we got a special. We got a call on the line. We got, a, we got, we got the in the building up. tonight, man. Put the volume up. Make sure the volume's up so we could... Uh, we got in the building. Hero. Um, you know, usually these these episodes that we drop during the week, we try to have like a special guest mm-hmm. come through. Um, and happily we got somebody who we are, you know, extremely excited to talk to. Couldn't, you know, think of a better person to to, to chat with, you know what I mean, on, on today's episode. There he is. There he is right here. Well let's put on the line, man. Recently free. What's going on? <laughs> Bearded, looking luscious, looking incredible. You know what I mean? Yeah. What's up? Can you turn can you turn your phone to the yeah, side? Turn turn your phone, turn your front sideways. Turn your phone sideways so we can get the, 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 the nice screen. panoramic joint. Um Do what? So just turn your phone sideways. We got Loon on the phone coming in on Say Less with Kaz. Shout out to Loon. Yeah, yeah, there yeah, it yeah. is. Perfect perfect, 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 perfect. There we go. We got the legendary. Okay. You know what I mean? Let's get it. Special delivery. For your Make first, this money. First like, and foremost. First and foremost, brother. For all that. Low. Have at it. Please. How how are you doing mentally? How are you feeling, man? I'm the lot. I'm good, man. I'm good. You know, it's, it's ha- I'm happy to be home. Happy to be with my family. Yeah. 
Happy to definitely connect with all the people that supported me through the whole duration of my incarceration. Happy to be out here, you know what I'm saying, aiding and assisting a lot of people who advocate for change as far as the criminal justice system, as far as, you know, prison reform, social and economic, you know what I'm saying, development, so on and so forth. Like these things are pinnacle right now. These things are very important, you know, and I'm, and I'm honored, you know what I'm saying, to be on that front line, you know? So I had this delusional thought of like coming home and just isolate myself for two months and just, you know, bask in the love and, you know, appreciation that comes with my family and so on and so forth. But that was a delusion, you know? I, <laughs> so, so far I hit the floor running. So I've been like busy, 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 just like, you know, trying to stay active and involved. So, you know, I appreciate y'all inviting me, you know what I'm saying, to express this this joy and this, this this overwhelming feeling of, you know, just greatness surrounding, you know, myself, you guys, everything that's going on is like beautiful right now. Man, it's so good to see you healthy and free. You know what I mean? Getting yeah. to, to getting to breathe, breathe a free man's air. You know what I mean? But and I, and I wish we could be speaking on 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 better circumstances, obviously. But you know, you're you're somebody who's lived it. You're somebody who's who's been through the system. You're somebody who is getting reacclimated into, um, you know, America, and seeing what has transpired over the past several years. This year in particular, with police brutality and aggression and systemic racism and policies that have been put in place within this country to keep people that look like you and me and low-key um, just down. I would just love to, yeah, get, I mean love to get your thoughts on just... Where your mind state is at, because I know you you came out fighting. I know you wanted to 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 be home and chill, but like you right back on the front lines, like ready to ready to make this happen. So I love to I mean, get your mental thoughts right now. There's an obligation for all of us right now. You know what I'm saying? If we're gonna call ourselves men, then we need to be where men are. You know what I'm saying? Men are created to provide and defend and protect. Understand? So we can't ascribe ourselves to the characteristic of a being a man. We ain't talking about, you know, by, 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 by gender. You know what I'm saying? We're talking about what qualifies to be a man. And right now is a time for men. It's time for men to be accountable. It's time for men to assert themselves in a manner that goes in accordance with being a man. So for me, I've been in prison, you know, where a certain injustice, you know, is prevalent. And I've actually watched through the course of the nine years I've incarcerated, these injustices in, in the street, you understand? So there's a combination of emotions that I have, you know what I'm saying? One, I never really ever had being in the streets or growing up in the streets of Harlem was fear. You know, as a Muslim, I fear Allah. You know what I'm saying? I fear God. And I fear God alone. Mm -hmm. But I can't help but 
look at the circumstances that are like immensely present right now in America with this, you know, with this police brutality. Like this is scary. You know, this is a scary situation. Just watching the situation with, you know, Jacob Blake really put me in a state like I'm just coming home. You understand? I'm just coming home. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I haven't even got my license renewed, nothing. I'm running around with a piece of paper printed out from the DMV. Mm-hmm. I'm black and I'm Muslim. I'm Muslim and I'm black. You understand? That puts me in, that puts me directly in harm's way. It's double jeopardy. You know what I'm saying? Dealing with policemen who have just completely deviated from the moral aspects of their job. Mm-hmm. You know, I mentioned this yesterday at a, a prison reform summit that I grew up in Harlem. You know, it was a different time when I was younger. You know, we had actual police that came from the communities. Yeah. So when you have a police officer who's serving and protecting the community that he lives in, he implements that moral aspect of the job. Because one, he's there to serve and protect. Two, he's from the community. So he understands by way of close and personal relationships that he have within that community. So he's able to gauge certain things and deal with certain things accordingly. He doesn't just come with a one-dimensional approach to every situation like someone who may be foreign. So we had a lot of programs and you know organizations and certain contingencies put in place that mended the relationships between law enforcement. And I say law enforcement, we're not talking about cops. You know, we're talking about law enforcement, mm-hmm. those who enforce law. These things were put in place to mend the relationship and sustain the relationship between law enforcement and the communities that they serve. Somewhere down the line when Giuliani became the uh, mayor, we just be, we, we just received like droves of officers that came straight from Long Island or some other area, you know, saying outside of the five boroughs. And that moral aspect of the job started to gradually disappear to where it started to feel like you were being approached by someone who was in complete opposition of, you know, who you are, what you represent and where you live. So seeing that widespread throughout ghettos of America, it just shows you that this disparity in community relations between law enforcement and the recipients or, or residents of these communities, this is actually at the root of the problem. How do you, and how do you, I, my fault, keep going, keep going. No, I got it, got it, I'm listening. No, I was, just, I was just asking like, how do we rectify that narrative or how do we rectify that type of behavior? Like what, where does it, where does the change come in place or how, or is there even a possible, a possibility for a, for a change to come in place? Because these police officers, like you said, are not rooted from the communities. They have this blue shield, blue lives matter protection thing. You know, they don't talk behind the code of the blue shield. And it's like, 
I feel it so deep now that it's just like, how do you how do you just unravel all that? Like, what's the solution to that? If there is even is a solution. I believe that the solution, you know, Allah knows best, but it starts with the right conversation. You know what I'm saying? Because the emotions in America are so flared up, it's kind of hard to establish even a forum for this conversation. But I actually propose to some very important people who advocate for change and advocate for, you know what I'm saying, police reform, that there should be town hall meetings established in the ghettos of America, mostly inner cities, with the police who actually do the grunt work. Those who come out, you know what I'm saying, on a regular basis to police these communities, conversations need to be established between them and the recipients of the community uh, in the communities. Because what happens is when it's time to have dialogue, they send these seasoned media trained police to speak on behalf of the police department and they speak in a manner that preserves the reputation of the police department. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They're skilled. They know how to talk. Mm-hmm. You understand? So they know how to elude certain questions and so on and so forth. But the conversations need to be with those that do the grunt work, those that are sent out there in these communities. And they, and they constantly use the excuse that they're fearful for their lives. But this is a two-way street. It's a two-way street. You're only fearful because these are communities that are foreign to you. Mm-hmm. Anybody would be scared to go in a community, even us as black people, you understand? We're not going into the other communities that have people that look just like us. Right. I'm not going over there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Nah, them dudes over there is wild. You understand? Yeah. So when we take accountability and identify where the fear lies, where the problems lie, where the black, the breakdown of communication, all of these things lie, then we can start from the root and start working towards a solution. You understand? But the solution is something that has to change in the hearts. You can have legislation, you can have all these things put in place. But if it's in your heart to hate me, there's not a single law that you'll be able to pass that's going to change that. That's that's the one thing I've I've tried to drill into so many people, man. Like that's why I feel like racism is incurable because yeah, you could put in you could put in laws that stop prejudice. You can put in laws that stop, like, you know, people, you know, uh, not getting you a job or, or, or having sort of like meeting sort of quotas and all that type of stuff. But this is a war of morals to me. I don't think this is a war of, of, of law and order and, and legislation and all that type of stuff because I always feel, I always believe like in the boomerang effect. Like, I feel like as much progress as we make, there's always going to be, and it's been proven throughout the last 400 years, there's always going to be those segment of people who's going to fight back. Like, it's a, it's, a, it's a disease. It's a disease where people believe that, you know, there are no equal rights. Like, white supremacy is an actual disease that not only helps put the people in power in this country and keep them in power, but 
it's it's gotten us to the point where we don't know if there really is a cure for this. So I ask you this, Loon. We see what's going on with the NBA. You know, we see what's going on with, with athletes worldwide. And granted, I'm not asking a superstar athlete to, to solve racism or save the day. But they do have a lot of influence. They do make a lot of money. They do make enough money to make difference in the communities. I'd just like to get your thoughts on what more people of influence can do. You know, I feel like once this all started really going down in the last 48 hours, everybody was like, all right, well, what's next? All right, we sit out a few games. We get everybody's attention. TNT loses some money. ESPN loses some money. Some 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 team owners miss a paycheck or two. But what's next? What's the... What is the, the the first way that you believe some actual change can start in this country? I mean, you gotta you gotta actually look at the question you asked them and the timeline in which a solution can emerge. You're talking about something that has been taking place in this country for hundreds of years. Understand? Hundreds of years. Something of that magnitude does not change overnight. And we have to be mindful of that. We have to be prepared to endure what it takes to invest in finding a solution. Now, if you think about it, you know, you have a family, right? You have you have a wife, kids. You have, you have a significant other, children. Yeah. Do you have that, those things? Yeah. It's your obligation to protect them, right? Yes. Now, for someone outside of your space to come in your house and try to fill that void, they wouldn't know how, right? No, never. Okay. My point I'm trying to make is when we were younger, it was it was cool. It was actually safe to say, when I grow up, I want to be a police officer. Mm-hmm. When I grow up, I want to be a fireman. Mm-hmm. When I grow up, I want to be a doctor. Understand? Mm-hmm. Now, being a fireman and being a doctor in, in 2020, that's a harmless thing to say. But this generation and the stigma that comes behind being a police officer is associated with being a rat and all these type of things. You understand? Yeah. But in all actuality, who else do you want to police your community? If you have a problem, right, with someone who may be of Caucasian descent, white, whatever the case may be, if you have a problem with them coming to your community, telling you where to stand, get off the corner, when to leave, when to go, and so on and so forth, or just have no respect whatsoever for your existence in the community that you live in. If you have a problem with that, right? Then that means that it becomes an obligation for you to do the job. Mm. It becomes an obligation for you to do the job because when you think about everybody that wants to be a rapper or entertainer or athlete, right? It's like hitting the lotto. The chances of that happen are very, very slim in some cases, right? Super slim, yeah. 
what, what is the chances of you going to sign up to be a police officer to police your community? Greater than becoming an athlete. Exactly. So the problem lies with what role are we willing to play to get a solution? Hmm. Are we going to keep trying to play this from the outside? Are we going to keep trying to find someone of influence to be responsible for what goes on in the communities they may have came from because they achieved some magnitude of success. So now it becomes their obligation to come back and put themselves in danger. Yeah. The fact that they're standing up, the fact that they're using their platform, their relevancy and their success to bring awareness to these things. That's enough to ask for. That's a lot to ask for. You understand? Yeah, that's that's been something he, he, I've 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 really harped on, man. Like these athletes, we already we ask a lot of them already, man. They already are the miracles. They already won the the, the human lottery. You know what I'm saying? And we're asking them not only to survive out of this incredible these incredible situations that most of them come from, take care of their family, take care of their community, do their job, entertain the world. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like the NBA has been holding this this country together. And then you know now I mean? dealing with the pandemic. Dealing with the pandemic. And now, you know what I'm saying? You're asking them to figure out a way to solve something that nobody's been able to solve for 400 years. Yeah, you know? And that's, and that's the problem. See, the problem is, like, you got to understand, like, it's easy for us to point out all the things that's in opposition to us being black people in America. It's easy. It's easy for us to all find the commonality in the issues, right? Yeah. We can sit here and talk about this for hours. Hours. And even at this point right now, these voices have been heard. The, the thing is, what's the next move? What is the next move? Wallahi alim. I swear by Allah. If I had my felonies expunged and so on and so forth, I would proudly at this moment take a position, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. To help, you know what I'm saying, serve and protect the community I love. I love Harlem. I just came from Harlem. Harlem embraced me, showed me more love than I thought. Not saying that I was skeptical or had any doubts about how I'd be received, but after nine years, I never thought it would be to the magnitude it was. And it was something that was overwhelming and, and, and something that was meaningful. And, 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 and it made me feel proud to be from Harlem. Well, to be fair, Loon, they never stopped playing your records out here. I don't yeah. know if it was out here. We still jam into your, into your records out here, if anything, if that's any yeah. indication. Yeah, and I, and, I, and I appreciate that and I respect that. And I've already established my disclaimer on the Breakfast Club. I don't smoke. I don't drink. I haven't listened to music in 12 years. Mm. Because two reasons I mentioned. One, legislated. And Islam, you know, music is forbidden. So, you know, we have some Muslim brothers out there that actually still struggle with the music. And that's between them and the law. But for me, I abstain for, for that reason. And secondly, you know what I'm saying? You can't have one without the other. Meaning you can't have music without the culture. Right. Or the lifestyle. You can't separate the two. You can't just say, yo, let's do music, but we don't have to indulge in the, the, the culture or the lifestyle that comes with music. Right. I'd I be lying. 
know what I'm saying? So if I'm trying to abstain from these things for the embedment of myself or my soul, then I have to leave it off all the way. I'm 10 toes on everything I do. Understand? My paperwork's straight. I ain't never rat told on nobody. I'm not that kind of dude. But back to my point, if I qualify to go and be a police chief, a lieutenant or something of that magnitude to bring harmony within my community, I would do it. Because I know that my influence and me taking that position will ultimately result in some type of immediate change. Immediate you're from change. That neighborhood. You know, you know what your your community needs, and there's a there's a level of safety over there, man. Like, exactly. So yeah. it's like, look, these people are signing up to be police all over the ghettos of America to enter these communities and have their way. Mm-hmm. And they're getting away with it. I mean, it's being broadcasted. It's being broadcasted all over America. We see all these clips. The Eric Garner's, George Floyd's. We see it. They're getting away with it and and getting minimal time or not even anything. And and, and, and be honestly fair. And this is what we have to be fair as black people as well. We actually add to that narrative because you got to look at our behavior as well. Right. We have to be honest with ourselves as well. Understand? Because it's a tragedy when it happens to be someone in opposition of us by way of ethnicity. But the greatest atrocity that takes place in our community is us killing us. Yeah. You understand? Now, Lou, I'll definitely. All, I... this has, all of this has to be discussed. This is not a one trick pony. Like, all of this has to be discussed. And it has to be discussed in a forum of people who have influence. Now, Loon, I, I, really I, I, I want to push back on that huh? just a little bit. I want to push back on just a little bit because, you know, I, I do understand, yes, as a community, we got to police our own. We absolutely have to, you know, take care of our own because, you know, if, if we don't, we're all we got. And if we don't take care of each other, nobody else will. But I, I'll challenge you on this. You know, right now, recently there's been a push to quote defund the police right and people see that and they think oh so you don't want no police officers you don't want like no we don't see that what they want to do is take the budgets the billions of dollars that go into police efforts militarizing the police that is super unnecessary like the fact that there was tanks and an army gear ready to take out protesters in a day but it took weeks and weeks to get pandemic gear, you know what I mean, to, yeah. to, to people in, in hospitals was uncalled for. And I believe, you know what I mean, in, in, in these communities, these communities, like you, you, you're from Harlem. You know people there. Like they're good people. It's not like, it's not like people need to be, have militarized police or any sort of like overwhelming police force to keep them calm. What they need is resources. What they need is to have budgets put back into that city, into that community, so there there is no need to rob. There is no need to steal. There's no need for there's no there's no sense of hopelessness in that community anymore. Because you know, I've 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 lived in Harlem and I've lived in in Jersey, like super affluent neighborhoods in Jersey. And the only difference between both of those neighborhoods is opportunity. And, and, and God, the word I'm looking for is 
opportunity and and resources. They have an abundance of resources here. You got kids going to they they can go to to to, to rec centers. They can go to community pools. They can you know what I mean open up stores. They got you know the banks can loan them money to open up stores so they can put more money in other people's pockets. Like it's such a a night and day. But, from, I, but I think but I think to Loon's point, even going back to the community aspect of you know policing your own community and being a person that comes from your community. I think it kind of starts there with you come from that community. All right, I would like if, if he was qualified to do it, he'd do it. Mm. And that changes the narrative and the rhetoric of those communities, because now someone who, who comes from Harlem or who comes from Jersey, I can say, hey, you should be doing this. Hey, this is a program you need. The cops, right? The cops in these communities aren't doing that right now. Right. Hey, check this out. Let me ask y'all something, man, because I might be a little older than y'all, man. It used to have like, you know. Yeah, I used to have organizations like the PAL, mm-hmm. the yeah. Athletic League. I was in the yeah. PAL. Yeah. 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 They used to have each one teach one. They used to have the boys club, you know what I'm saying, YMCA. Yeah. All of these things, right? The PAL actually had boxing tournaments, all types of stuff, you yep. know what I'm saying? And the police that actually facilitated those programs, they were so connected to the youth. We knew them. Mm-hmm. We called them by their names. You understand? Yeah. If you didn't show up for some type of sickness or whatever you might have, you know what I'm saying, endured, these same people would come to your house to see what the problem was. Like, mm-hmm. yo, he hasn't come to the PAL in like a week. Like, what's up with him? Mm-hmm. That's something you and I would do if we had that job. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? Like, we can't run from that because of the listen, man. This whole, this whole, like, I'm gonna keep it. I'm gonna keep it a band and a rubber band right now. Like, <laughs> it's like this whole keep it real stuff, man. Yeah, you understand? There's there's layers to that because a lot of people in the generation that followed mine have a really misconception of what that means. You understand? Mm-hmm. You got to understand what it means, first and foremost, to be a man. Remember what I said in the beginning of this. A man, he protects, he provides. Thanks. He defends. You understand? Yeah. yeah. No matter what we did in the streets, man, we made sure, you know what I'm saying, Miss Connie, was, you know, we, she coming downstairs, somebody run upstairs, get that shot of the car from Miss Connie, yo. I don't care what we was doing out there in the streets. I don't care what, how much dope we sold, whatever the case may be. We knew how to be respectful to those who were not involved with what we were doing. You understand? Yes. And that's from the most negative aspect. You understand? We're doing things that we ain't supposed to be doing in the street. But if we see an old lady, we help across the street. Yep. We see a pregnant woman, don't sell her nothing. These morals used to lie in the hearts of those who even did wrong in the street. We understood this. We understood that. I'll, I'll shout out my, my guy Van Lathan. He had a great tweet that he put out yesterday. He said, I know more good crips than I do good cops. <laughs> you know what I mean? Which is Facts. 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 Exactly. Like, I, I really sat there and looked at it. I was like, damn, like, yeah, he a crip, but... He put on Thanksgiving dinners every every November. Like he a crip, but and this what I'm trying he, he to makes say, sure, man. He makes you know sure what I'm saying? I went to a book signing from Michelle Smalls, Queen of Harlem. Mm-hmm. 
I've been hearing about Michelle and Jeff, you know what I'm saying? About the charitable things she does from her own means. Mm-hmm. The girl go out there, hustle real estate, she do her own thing, and she give back to the community that she loves. You understand? Mm-hmm. But what I did see that it was a lot of dudes running around with a lot of shiny stuff on their neck and their arms, but they ain't throwing the bag her direction to do the things that she's doing. Because they don't come from the same generation that she come from. And me and her talked about this. You know what I'm saying? We talked about certain individuals that used to reside in Harlem. When you come to them and you got a project, quote unquote, a project, whatever it is you're trying to do, if it was something that was attractive, these brothers would throw you the bag mm-hmm. right away. I'm trying to do a cookout, block party. they throw you the bag. You understand? Mm-hmm. Everybody trying to look like somebody on TV. Everybody trying to, it's like this instant gratification generation. It's like y'all, and I'm not saying this to be mean or you know, demeaning or anything. It's just that this is where the majority of the energy needs to be invested in accountability. What are we doing? Because I get mad when I see how easy it is to identify with the problem but no one invests the same energy in coming up with the solution. Mm. You understand? We can't keep sitting over alcoholic beverages talking about what's wrong. We can't keep pulling on blunts talking about what's wrong. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because now that just becomes an extension of getting high. You just want to get high to talk about what's wrong. Like, come on, dog. That's what you want to do? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what you're into right now? Being drunk and miserable? High and miserable, we got to be men, dog. We got to be men. And that means accountability. That means you ain't got no F on your report card, dog. You ain't got no felonies. Then what you waiting for? What are you waiting for? They get snatched up in some BS, and now you can never get a gun legally in another state or whatever the case may be. That's right. Now you never be able to have the right to vote or do all these things. What are you right. waiting for? You keep... A lot of the young kids is out there just rehearsing to go to the feds. Y'all out there rehearsing to go to the feds. I just came from it. It's overrated, dog. <laughs> it's overrated. You in videos with Dracos and no shirt on and all. Come on, you rehearsing to go to jail. <laughs> Damn. That's I'm, all you're doing. You rehearsing <laughs> to go to jail. You ain't even got no felony yet. But you're doing everything to get one. Mm-hmm. Like you're begging to get one. Now, when the police come to spoil the party, don't cry. Yeah. Don't complain. And definitely don't get up on the stand and start pointing your finger. Mm. You signed up for this. You know what I'm saying? You're signing up for this stuff, man. Change start with, you got to look at the people that's on the front line for all this, too. They're not just black. Let's stop, let's stop doing that, too. Let's start giving credit to those other people of other races and ethnicities, other creeds and beliefs, standing side by side, saying Black Lives Matter. Standing side by side, enduring being arrested, persecuted, harassed, beaten, tear gas, sprayed, and don't look nothing like you. Mm. But you talked about, you said something about white supremacy. Understand? Mm -hmm. We have an issue as well with black nationalism. 
because sometimes we let it get away from us. This is a humane issue. This is a humane issue. And unfortunately, we're the recipients of it. I get that. Trust me, I'm black. I come from the ghettos of America. I would never deny in no way, shape, or form that this is an oppressive state for black people. But if you look at the civil rights movement and anything that ever, you know, manifests into something more, you know, saying uh, uh, relevant in the eyes of those who don't know, don't understand, or oppose it, they only respected it when other people from other races joined in. So don't alienate these people neither, man. Mm-hmm. I just came from a prison reform summit, man, and the majority of the people, I didn't even say the majority, it was almost equal amount of white people being their privileged people who felt genuine compassion and concern for the plight of black people. So we got to be careful how we, you know, saying, how we just like, you know, utter our anger and frustration towards white people in general, but you have some white people who specifically feel your pain, but you'll never be able to identify with them if you just allow your anger to box them out or alienate them from the process. Because this is a humane issue. We're human beings. Yeah, we're black, but we're human beings. So I'm going to just close with this, man. I'm going to just keep it 100 with y'all because I don't want to be talking all day. You know what I'm saying? It's just <laughs> no, like, no. This, I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I'm loving this, man. This is Yeah, this but is... listen, though, because it's like I, I'm very passionate about this. And this is where I, 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 like that whole delusion of staying home for two months. This is where it goes out the window. Because what kind of man would I be to just be sitting around at home while all this is going on? You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Same thing like what kind of man would anybody be knowing you ain't got no felonies? You ain't got no near brushes or nothing with the law, but you choose it to just devalue that by, I don't know, doing whatever. You know what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, if you're tired of this stuff happening in your community, then sign up, man, and, and serve and protect your community. Serve and protect your community. Whether you do it from being like a councilman, you know what I'm saying, assemblyman, start with small positions. But police your community. Be a part of your community, dog. Because not being a part of the community don't mean staying out on no corner claiming no block or no corner. That ain't mean, that don't mean being a part of no community. That block won't be there when you're gone, dog. In most cases, they might not even remember you, man. You might get a rest in peace booby shirt. And once that joint get in the laundry, man, anybody wearing that shirt no more. Like, <laughs> like, let's, be, like, let's be real. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's be real. <laughs> rest in peace booby. <laughs> That's you know real shit though. Like niggas, it, it, you go on a date and then that's it. Come on, four or five beers get poured out. It's over for you. You're right, a dub. Listen, I'm trying to tell y'all out there, and this is my message, man. Get get in where you fit in, get in where it's effective, get in where it means something. You know what I'm saying? Honor and respect those athletes that's putting their careers on the line just to bring relevancy to your problems. They don't live there no more. They don't live there no more. But if they willing to take a stand and sacrifice everything that they work for to show that they in the fight with you, don't try to throw no more of a burden on top of their back, man. Like, yo, oh, that's cool. He just, you know, 
threw up the Black Panther fist and all that. Yeah, yeah, but he ain't coming around here. Come on, man. That man did enough, man. They wouldn't even recognize that you had a problem if some of these people in mm. positions of influence didn't take a stand. Kaepernick lost everything, man. So what you going to lose? What you willing to lose? What you willing to give up for your community? That's how you got to look at this, man. Stop pointing the finger, man. Stop thinking legislation going to change this. Stop thinking that this is going to be an overnight thing. It's not overnight, man. It's going to take generations, just like the generation before us that endured it. This generation going to have to endure it. I'm with you. Enough is enough. But what you going to do? That's the important thing. What are you going to do? I got three felonies, dog. I can't help you on that aspect, but I'm doing what I can do for where I'm at. And I'm honored to do it. I don't have no vices. There's nothing in my way. I don't smoke. I don't drink. I'm not distracted by nothing. This is what I'm doing. I'm just asking, you know, generally speaking, for any man, any man that's listening, women as well. But we shouldn't have our women out here. You know what I'm saying? A lot of women, I mean, yeah, they just went to jail the other day. I think this might be our second time getting arrested for this yeah. stuff. Our women shouldn't be out there getting hit in the head with no sticks and tear gas and all that. Yeah. This is a job for men, dog. Yeah. But because it's such a lack of men, you got women out there. Like, how you feel about that, black man? How you feel about that? They should be home, nurturing, cultivating your children, protecting them in your absence. While you out there protecting them, Outside, I get our affairs in order, man. Priorities in order, man. Stop talking about the problem, man. Let's get to the cure, man. Call me for the cure, man. For real, for real, man. Call me for the cure, man. Loon, it's 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 a, it's a lot of raw emotions for us, but I, I, I on on everything I love, man. There's no other person I'd rather talk to on today's episode than you, man. So thank you so much for for giving us your time. And, and and speaking from the heart, dude. I really, really, really appreciate it, man. Yeah, Thank you. I appreciate y'all. I appreciate everybody out there. My man, my son. You know what I'm saying? He out there. In Kentucky, they out there, man. There's people out there. You know what I'm saying? People don't know about a lot of, you know what I'm saying, people that advocate. You know, Bishop Omar. You know what I'm saying? Out of Texas. OGU. You know what I'm saying? Trade Truth is also out, out there, too. They, 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 yeah, you know, these, these people is out there, man. These people are out there. Yeah. They fighting. You know what I'm saying? You got some Republican senators trying to do what they can. Democratic citizens, I mean, senators. It's like, dog, listen, man. All that's fine and well. But what are you going to do about your community? If you enjoy living there, you love living there, you love claiming it, you love being from there. You're not going to hold that down with no rag and none of that type of stuff, man. It's not it's not applicable to today, today's time. If you ain't a part of the, you know what I'm saying, the solution, you're part of the problem, dog. I'm just being hunted. If you ain't part of the solution, you're part of the problem, man. Well, oh, before, you, before, say. before you go, you got any uh, any socials that you want to shout out or anything that you got that you got in the works that, you know, you want to put some light on right now? I know you're working on a book, right? Uh, or the book coming out? I'm working on the book. I'm working on a six-part documentary, but I'm not even really like in the space right now to talk about what I'm doing. 
You know what I'm saying? I'll probably do that with somebody or some other time right now. Like right now, I'm not even thinking about me. To be I respect that. You. I'm thinking that, about all of my prison reform efforts, aligning myself with, you know what I'm saying, Reform Alliance. You know what I'm saying? That's just Jessica Jackson, Van Jones, Jay-Z, Meek Mills. That's their organization. Stay Together. Did the Hill America joint last night. You know, there's a lot going on that's more relevant. It's way more relevant. You understand? And I challenge everybody out there that has the means, the resources, as you said, to invest those means and resources and being part of the solution. Because if you're not, you're part of the problem. Man. That's just the bottom line. Thank you, Lou. We Thank appreciate you so you, much, brother. man. Thank you. Hey, yo, y'all stay up, man. Be you safe, too, man. And, 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 like I said, man, let's, let's, let's call me for the solution, dog. Well, we, we I jump on touch. this joint. Yeah, call me for the we solution. Be in touch, man. man. Let us let, let us know, man. There's the time for the time for sitting around doing nothing is over, bro. So it's time to hit the street. Definitely, man. You. Definitely. I don't even want to talk to nobody and doing that for real. If you ain't doing no. nothing, man, don't call me, man. Leave me alone, dog. Call me for the solution, man. I ain't no. here to talk about nothing, man, but the solution. No. I'm trying to line myself up with the people who want to solve some problems, man. I don't want to be around nobody, you know what I'm saying? One conspiracy enough for me, dog. I'm cool. I ain't got no more to give, man. I don't want to be around. No more shenanigans. If you're trying to be a part of the solution, man, call me, man. I'm there. If you want to talk about the problem all day, you know, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. I know what the problem is. I'm black too, man. I'm born and raised in the Y'all know what the problem is. We know what the problem is, yeah. man. And, and you're not going to get people to accept how you feel about the problem until you come to the table with some solutions. Understand? Come to the table with some solutions. Then you get some. You gonna get a response. You know what I'm saying? But meeting aggression with aggression only leads to more aggression. And that's just the really the reality of it. That's that's simple logic, man. You know, I got my opinions. I might not always be right. I'm not a genius. I just know that where my heart lies. My heart lies with trying to get you know be a part of the solution. So let me leave you with that. And I pray that y'all, you know what I'm saying, man, Lord God, y'all rectify y'all affairs, man. This is real. Appreciate you, Long. Thank you so All much, right. man. Appreciate you. Right, no problem. All right. All right. You want to save that? And, uh, man, I can't even. Ain't, ain't nothing to top that. I really don't believe there's anywhere else. To there's nowhere else to go to after go that, bro. That. So. I want to shout out Jake for not saying a word all day today. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but no, this but was this was like like you said, this was let me see self care, self care, and like and this was no, there's no better way or uh, conversation. Or, Sometimes the medicine don't taste like candy, bro. Yeah, there's no better way to articulate what me and this man, or you know what you guys are feeling out there, and having a man who just came home from the feds to really speak to the point of like policing our own communities being involved with our own communities, stop, you know, mulling over the problem and not coming to the table with the solution. Like he said, man, calling for the cure. And I, you know, I respect that. You know, some people a little bit more further minded. He's been locked down for what, nine years, he said? Nine years. Bro. He's had a lot of time to think. And he's, it sounds like he's ready to, you know, figure out what the fuck is going on and how we can get it, uh, you know, aligned with some kind of, you know, resolution. So, Again, shout to Loon for stopping and having that in-depth conversation. 
Yeah, um, shout out to Mir, definitely. But yeah, oh, shout out um, to Kim, you know, for, for linking that. Oh, shout out to Kim Osorio. Yeah. Legendary Kim Osorio, man. Shout out to Kim Osorio legend. for getting us connected. Um, let's wrap this up, man. Yeah. Uh, as always, please uh, subscribe to the podcast. Everybody listen to the podcast. Uh, subscribe to us, youtube.com slash Kazim. Yeah. I'm sure we'll be back in the barbershop next week, but we had to take this off from a safe space. I'm glad you all were in here to listen to it. So. Please shut up, Pootie. Uh, if there's dumbass a dog. <laughs> dumbass dog, dumbass dog. <laughs> um, anyway, please don't just skim over this podcast. Listen to really, really, really listen to what Lou was trying to say. Yeah. This is probably the first time I did a podcast and I had nothing to say back. Uh, I was just absorbing again. Absorbing. That that was medicine. And I hope everybody who's listening to this absorbed this too. Um, like we say every single week, you know, what I mean, stay free, stay safe. And always say less. And because we're in Kaz's house, I don't want to be too loud, but wear your fucking mask. <laughs> <laughs>